to Buzzard View Manor. We don't get very many guests here, and when we do, we would like you to get comfortable and to stay a while. Thank you to all that have chosen to tune in to our first episode of our third season of Buzzard View Manor. Every now and then, our vultures will drop off a film at the doorsteps of this eerie manor. The film that we present to you tonight is called Vuthge. Would you say that it's pronounced that way, or how would you pronounce it? I think it's uh, Wekufe, but it's up to you. Wekufe. Okay. And we are introduced by this fantastic filmmaker, Javier Aldridge. And what I find very fascinating about Javier is that he is what I call a true indie filmmaker. And what I mean by that, he is the director, the cinematographer, the producer, and the editor. And this particular film, you would consider it more of a found footage. What were some of the things that you liked about this film, Lord Demise? What I enjoyed about it is that he took a formula that's pretty much been used up and pretty much become plain and boring, and he added some new new life to it by taking what worked best about found footage and incorporating local legends, local uh, lore, to tell a story that isn't just about scaring you, it's about like a cautionary tale warning you about what's out there that you have people who you know, traditionally a lot of these found footage movies, it's always a filmmaker taking a group of people and they're going to do a story or they're going to go someplace and bad things happen. Well, in this story you have a couple and they're going to be investigating some local stories as well as working on some investigative pieces with that because the the lady is a reporter and in the meantime they encounter some problems you know with their with the people they interact with which goes to show that sometimes it's best to just leave people alone and that is a great response now what i like about this particular film as well that i felt to mention earlier that it has won 8 awards at film festivals and it was not it was nominated 20 times that's pretty what impressive. Is, it's very impressive. What is very interesting about this particular film is that Paula and Matthias. Yes, Matthias. They were actually a couple before filming. Oh, I did not realize that. And apparently during filming, there was, they're experiencing some issues. They're going through a crisis. And some of that played out into the film. I did notice that their interaction seemed extremely genuine, very organic, like an actual couple. The fact that they used their real names and that they were traveling. And anytime a young couple goes on a trip like this, you're going to see tension build up because there's always that feeling of, is this who I want to be with? You know, are we on the same page? And knowing that maybe they had a history together adds more genuineness to the story, which a lot of found footage movies genuinely lack. Well, in all honesty, when you go on a trip with anybody, it's either going to be wonderful or halfway during the trip, 
they're going to get on your nerves. And so that really tells you if you have chemistry with someone is if you travel very well together. Yeah, pretty much. I will say that. Now, oh, go on, Lady Winters. So with this couple, they're very attractive. And we find that with Matias, Matias, his character is that he has this drive. He wants to make this horror film, this found footage movie. He also struggles with, I guess, shortcomings and maybe some decisions that he feels like that he hasn't accomplished the things in life that he should have by the age that he is. And with Paula, she's just a go-getter. She knows what she wants. She's ambitious. And she's also like an activist. So we have these characters that have two different kind of point of views and on this journey that we're experiencing with them in this film. So what was your opinion? How did you feel about these two characters? Well, I think they came across very well as a couple. You could see that at first there's a lot of enthusiasm about their trip and about accomplishing some some things along the way. But you do see firsthand that there is some, I guess you could say, a little bit of a difference in goals, I guess. Uh, Mateus wants to make a movie, whereas Paula, she's a reporter. She is a journalist by nature. And her intention is to go to this small island and talk about some of the scandals, some of the secrets, some of the things that people need to be aware of. Whereas Mateus just wants to make a movie using legends that are somewhat based on those stories. So they're there for the same, maybe the same, they're on the same trip, but they have very different motives. Exactly. I think ultimately it was about him making it about himself because Paula would have pursued a story wherever they were. If they had gone to Argentina, if they had gone to Brazil or America, she would have found the stories there that would have gotten her interested. But because his desire to go to this particular region, she probably had heard stories about this place and knew, well, if we're going to go there, I'm going to look into this because this is something that needs to be addressed. Right. You want to tell us a little bit more about the folklore creature, what his name is? Yes. It's a character by the name of, of Trauco. I believe that's how it's pronounced. He is sort of a, um, a, a figure who is kind of like a boogeyman-like figure. They describe him as a midget with a rather large penis. And oftentimes, Trauco is used as a explanation for when a woman is attacked or turns up pregnant they often blame it on Traco that, uh, oh, you know, what happened to this woman? Oh, Traco got to her. Oh, okay. And that isn't a fascinating story in itself because you think about why this legend exists and Mateus wants to investigate it because he wants to see if there's something, some kernel of truth to the story, or if maybe it's just something that's used to explain away what are, what are obvious attacks and other you know, inconvenient stories, I guess, is one way to put it. Yet Bala sees something else entirely going on with this legend. Right. I feel that the first mistake that she made was when she kind of went after, was he the governor? He was the governor of the island, yes. Okay. So, and usually people in small little towns or communities, if someone of power, they're very connected people. You know, you, we find that in small towns here in America, when people 
are connected and they're powerful. They're very connected with throughout the community. Okay. And I think that her mistake was challenging. (laughs) You know, she's young and she's ambitious and she wants the facts because then she challenges him on, you know, religion and, and so, and that's when he stopped the interview and he even called her an unbeliever and, you know, all this blasphemy. And, (laughs) and so I think that that is where the connection started of all these other men that she was interviewing. They're all connected somehow. Yeah. Now, before we go any further, uh, we are going to throw out some spoilers. So when you wouldn't you agree that in the market, we got to experience a whole lot of different opinions with the older generation, you find that they gravitate more towards the superstitious, the folklore, and then the younger generation, there's more of facts, more of, you know, this is what's really happening. So I, I found that kind of fascinating. Absolutely. When they do go into the marketplace and in and around the story, you tend to see exactly, as you said, the older people tend to gravitate more towards the legends and the stories, the folklore, because that's what they want to believe or that's what they've been told. The younger people or the pe- also the people maybe from the mainland, they are more about, oh, these are just stories told by the villagers and that's trying to undermine what we're trying to do here to try to fix things up here. So Lady Winters, what did you think about the people wearing the masks in the village? I found them very intriguing. At first, I didn't know how to take them. Were they friends or were they foes? But the more and more that I got to watching the film, I felt like they were like there to warn them. Don't be here. You're not supposed to be here. And I was hoping that was right. And so that's how that was my interpretation of them because it was like immediately they were put off that there was cameras there. They did not want them there. They wanted them to leave. It's like they were trying to scare them away. Absolutely. It To me, when you first encounter them, of course, Mateus is curious by them. Oh, they're singing songs and they're, they're mysterious. But then Paula kind of gets a clue or a hint that I don't think they want you filming them. I think we should just leave. And then they have another encounter with them. And it is apparent that these singers are kind of telling them, get lost, go away. And later on in the story, you'll realize that maybe this group are doing this for the, for the sake of, we don't want to see you hurt. Please leave us alone. Leave. Go away. Because that's what you notice about what's going on in that island, that there are secrets. And... Maybe when you poke the hornet's nest too much, you may find out that the sting is far worse than you can imagine. Exactly. And with film footage, we always find that it's that person pushing the envelope that gets carried away with the film footage and not the safety of others that everyone winds up getting in trouble. You know, the filmmaker, Mateus, comes in there to film what's going on and he's kind of told by a couple of people, you're not welcome. We don't want you here. Because I guess for a long time, they've had people come from the mainland to try to document what's going on. And they don't like it. You yeah. know, and they see that the masked troubadours, I guess is what you can call them, again. And it's obvious that, yeah, they're they're kind of a warning, you know? You know, right. like, go away. You know, you're not welcome here. Now, Paula, by this time, realizes... 
I want to go home. Let's go home. Let's get away from here. I'm done with my story. We're not welcome here. Whereas, I don't know, for whatever reason, Mateus is all, well, you know, let's go camping for some reason. Let's let's hang out. You know, and completely oblivious to her fears, he just, like, a lot of these filmmakers, he he's more interested in just filming because he thinks that, hey, it's going to be a great story to tell. So I find that the stories also revolves around the relationship. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a, a little bit of selfishness there. He's he ha- he's looking for this void to fill, this meaning in life, this this expression that he needs to get out. And he's overlooking how she feels, and it lands him in a bad situation. Oh, absolutely. There's the um, when they do decide that they're going to leave. I guess they decide to take to, to stay in some cabins. Uh, you see Paula, what, was she given a drink or something or some kind of, well, yeah. Well, they're staying in the cabins that were in kind of like the forest of one of these guys that they interviewed earlier in the movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so along the way, um, she started getting sick. Now, was that a spiritual sickness of that there was something in the island that was getting her sick? Or was that a metaphor for something else was happening to her mentally? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, she wasn't feeling well. And at one point, she even um, begins to sleepwalk. Mm-hmm. And in the legends, they talked about how when the women were baptized by the Catholics, they would have to go into the waterfall to cleanse mm-hmm. themselves. Exactly. And that's what happens is that Mateus wakes up and he sees her walking towards the waterfall. And in a, I guess in their culture, they felt that the women would not be brought back to purity of the indigenous society until they can cleanse off the, the baptism that was mm-hmm. brought to them by the foreigners, which is ironic because baptism is about, right. about, about getting wet. So when he brings her back, he notices that there's salt around the, the hut and the weird thing is, I know that in a lot of uh, witchcraft legends, salt is a natural defense against evil. Evilness, yeah. And so what I find pretty interesting is after they're trying to leave and, you know, they go to the another cabin and then they start saying, they, they, they go in because they think the gentleman there is there that they interviewed earlier. And you see all this crazy art. Okay, so was that was that the goat man that they were talking about that was half goat and half dog? Yes. And, you know, when you see paintings like that, it's time to go. We're not spending a night anywhere. Yeah. We're <laughs> walking out of this forest and we're not stopping until we're out of here. But, of course, you know, she, she faints and they take her back to the cabin. And the story gets a little bit more bizarre. Now, Lady Winters, let me ask you, what did you think of the last few scenes of the movie? The last few scenes of the movie, it was, I felt like there was two groups of people. Okay. I was, you have the men who are dressing the hoods and they're having like this ritual, like this cult ritual. I wasn't too sure what they were doing to Paula. It almost looked like she was baptized in some kind of blood kind of ritual of sorts ritual yeah. yeah but at the same time it looked like there was like some kind of sexual encounter happening like you really can't tell but that's what it looks like and so i don't know if that reflected the whole 
idea of women being raped in the area or throughout the land, uh, if that was a metaphor for that. Oh, I believe it probably was because the individuals who were doing the ritual were basically using her as a sacrificial vessel for whatever purpose that they had. And then all of a sudden you see another group enter and disrupt things. And that kind of makes me go, whoa, you know, what's going on here, you know? And that's where, because you realize at that moment that there's more going on that, you know, that you may have maybe the, the more civilized individuals of this, of that region, like the, the governor representing the, the oppressors. And it almost expressed that the people who portray to be wholesome, that are good people of the community, aren't necessarily always the good people. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, there's they, a mask. Like they, they can pretend to be these wholesome people when they're actually basically liars and monsters. You know what? That's that's a great perspective there. Because it does seem that uh, she is rescued by another group of individuals who come with guns. And afterwards, you're shown. Well, you describe the conversation that. Uh, so towards the end, you hear this conversation that's happening between these two men. And the conversation goes something like this. They're preparing for what's coming because because of that rescue, there's going to be backlash. Like these guys who were covering their faces were there. I took as to try to save her, protect her. And they're, they were preparing for that act that was done to protect her of violence and possibly their villages being burned down to the ground. Maybe what was going on in the movie with the people kind of like telling them that they need to leave. It wasn't so much a beware. It was more of a, please leave your presence here is a danger to you and a danger to us. I think that that's a great perception. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the weird thing about this movie is that it certainly does open up a lot of interpretation depending on your perspective, especially as a, as a man and a woman, you may get a slightly different, you know, vision of what's going on. So I would definitely recommend that, well, I'm going to go ahead and watch the last 10 minutes again, just so I can see. And because that, I guess I must've missed a few things on, on my viewing, but it certainly does make me want to look back and appreciate the work of Javier for telling this great story. Well, Lord demise, that's the beauty of viewing film is we all have different perceptions and different opinions and we all see film differently. And sometimes, like, even when you read a book, if you read a book two or three times, the story always changes. And it's just like watching a film a couple of times. You'll always notice the things that you didn't notice before. And that's the beauty of uh, rewatching movies is that you may have missed details or more so you may see things a little differently from the first time you're viewing, especially if you're focusing on the events and not realizing that there may be things going on in the background that you may be missing. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in this evening. As we wrap this segment, I just want to say to everyone, as we enter into the new year of 2022, change does not ask for your permission when it happens. Sometimes change can feel like you're on top of the world. And then sometimes change can happen and it can feel like you fell off the wheel. But no matter what change comes in this new year, as long as we keep standing and keep positive, no matter 
through the good, through the bad, through the high, through the low. We're going to make it out okay. And thank you for tuning in. Let's keep it spooky. And keep it spooky. Good night.